Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Another beautiful Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, episode 67. And here we're here with my longtime friend, my old coach, Eddie Cha. We're going to get into some beautiful combos here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get that posture up, take a fucking slurp or whatever you're drinking, and let's get serious for the day, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, very good. Uh, for the sponsors, real quick, for this uh, episode, we got Optimal Carnivore. These these supplements. These are the uh, brain. This one's the Brain Nourish. They have all sorts of different ones. This one's for mood, your memory, and your focus. And the ingredients in this one is New Zealand grass-fed brain, fifteen hundred milligrams. And then the other ingredient, there's only two ingredients, is lion's mane. 1500 milligrams of lion's mane so you get both those two things pumping through your body um improve your mood improve your memory improve your focus the link will be in the bio but these are quality stuff they have a a, a bunch of different organ supplements and they are on amazon grass-fed organic organs straight to the to the guzzler to help you help you stay healthy so the link will be in the bio and the code's redhawk10 code redhawk10 for a discount on Amazon, like I said, if you want to support the show, check out the link in the bio. And then also patreon.com slash redhawk academy. Content's going up there all the time. Even yesterday, I think we put a tutorial video up, an extra podcast up. Um, we're doing a contest giveaway for a bunch of shit each month. So there's a lot of stuff you can get uh, on there. So, uh, okay, welcome in to my friend and our, our old coach, uh, Coach Eddie Cha. He's been coaching um, some high level fighters for years and he used to be. Uh, Sean and I's coach at the MMA lab. Now he's training at Fight Ready, training the fighters at Fight Ready. Uh, how you been, dude? Good, man. It's good to see you again. Fuck yeah, you too, bro. You've been staying busy, huh? Yeah, yeah. You guys too. Yeah, we've been fucking staying busy. So you're working with so many good guys nowadays. You're working with, like, uh, I mean, of course, Henry Corrales, one of the scariest motherfuckers in MMA, working with Zombie, working with Eric Anders, um, and working with Henry Cejudo. Yes, yes. Uh, <clears throat> I think uh, Henry and Chug are <laughs> so we in the could, making coming up here soon. We could be standing across from each other in July. I know, I know. Um, uh, first of all, congratulations to you guys. Uh, we were there in Dubai watching that fight. Sweet. Um, I know everybody was saying it was such a close fight or it, it was a robbery, but I thought I thought Sean won for sure. Two rounds, you know? Yeah. If you go off the damage and everything else, I thought uh, it was 29-28, so... Yeah, it was a fucking hell of a hell of a scrap with, I mean, one of the baddest motherfuckers in the world. I I hate even people comparing it to that Patty fight. I'm like, what? This is not even. It's just two different worlds. Not even close. No. Um, 
Who do you think won, by the way? I, I, I walked away from my TV. I was going to do a YouTube video right after. I'm like, walked away. I'm like, damn, Patty finally, I mean, Patty lost, which I, in my yeah. mind, I'm like, this is going to be good for that kid. Yeah. He might switch things up. He might be like, realize, fuck, I need to switch things up. I'm not as, yeah. as elite as I thought I was. Um, so I walked away thinking 100% Jared won. And then they called it for him. I was like, oh, that's going to yeah. be fucking bad. Yeah, I thought Jared won. Uh, I, I thought he might have won all three rounds, to be honest with you. You know? Yeah. For sure, he won two rounds. Um, and then it, if you hear the kind of the the uh the comments that he that patty was saying after the fight like oh yeah 50 g's and i won and it, i'm like bro weird. that was a close fight but I, I i really thought uh jared had the cleaner punches that left hook it couldn't miss you know um it makes me wonder what the fuck those judges were looking at insane it makes me wonder and how do you fix it? Uh, someone asked me how they. I think they could fix it. I'm like, I just think maybe seven judges or ten judges, like a jury. When you go to trial, the all these you have all these guys. So it's like I think that would make it better than just three random fucking drunks sitting there watching the fight. I think we need quality judges. I mean, you could have three, ten, whatever else, but if they're all looking at the same thing, judging the same way, mm-hmm. we're gonna get the same results. <clears throat> I know in Glory they have five judges. That might make a difference, you know, but. Um, the, all three judges had it 29 28 it was unanimous for uh for patty so even if we had two more judges it would still would have been <laughs> overruled right yeah so. i mean after that fight they should be forced to sit there with the judges and make it public on youtube and say okay what were you looking at each round round by round sit here what were you looking at that made you think patty won the fucking fight yeah and that's the problem there's no repercussions i mean in any job if you make a mistake you should be on probation or kind of do the course over or something like that but yeah. um for some reason, the judges just, they can go home. It doesn't matter. It ruins c- people's lives, careers, pays. It's a, it's a serious problem. Um, Dude, no fucking serious problem. I mean, you get yeah. people get half their money. Yeah. And then their next fight isn't going to be near as big. And then every, everything changes for that person, for that judge to just sit there and, and pick a random name. And I wonder how much ha- of it has to do with, like, their background. Their background, did they were they raised in wrestling, so they're counting a lot more for the wrestling? Were they raised in karate, so some of these slap kicks are counting for more? I wonder if that has much to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of them are just from uh, old-school boxing coaches, so they kind of use that criteria. But even the criteria, if you look at it, they, the number one thing is damage, but no one's really judging it off damage, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, some people bleed and cut a lot easier. They have more scar tissue, so I don't even know if that's a fair assessment. I mean... I think you got to go off um, strikes, um, you know, more dominant punches or, or kicks or something like that. I think a lot of the takedowns are they they consider that way too much, especially when there's no nothing being done. You get taken down, you get up within five ten seconds. I don't think it should be counted as much. Yeah. And if they are counting ca- takedowns, they, they should count uh, takedown defenses. If you stuff mm. three and then you get taken down for five seconds and you're winning the striking. It's like <laughs> yeah and how do you judge it if you get if you take someone down and you're sitting there having to posture out of triangles and have to defend omoplatas and right. you're defending off all these attacks from this guy how are they supposed to judge that i think it definitely needs to be more clear too but now yeah. it says controversial judge who scored the patty pimmett fight under review by commission this is a very serious situation the longtime mixed martial arts judge came under fire for not one but two scar- scorecards over the last few days starting with the danny sabatello and the hafion stotts crosby. main event um is that yeah it's yep. cr- so crosby scored the sabatello stotts fight 50 45 in f- in favor of sabatello and which made history on december 9th at the first 50 45 scorecard ever recorded for a loser 
in the MMA decisions database. So I wonder if Crosby, if they're on, if Crosby's taking some Zannies or if he's on some perks, because he could be. <clears throat> well, not only that, how do you fly a judge? The, the Belto card was on Friday. You know what time it ends, say 11 o'clock or whatever. He takes a red eye and, and judges out there. I mean, one, I've never really seen that. But Crosby, he's been under fire forever. Um, I know there's been articles about him. We've had We've had personal issues with him. Uh, Corrales fought in Bellator. I can't remember who he fought, but it, it, the other two judges was unanimous. He won every round, dropped them, you know, tore his leg up. It was a 30 27. Crosby had it 30 27 the other way. It was a split decision. Ooh. We're like, what were you watching? Yeah, you perks. know what I mean? Um, so yeah, especially that Sabatini fight. I, I didn't see it, um, but I, I all heard it was 48 47, went to the fifth round, and he had it 50 45 every single round. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it really fucking doesn't make sense, dude. So we might as well get into it, though. I think I think Suge is a bad matchup for Henry. And you and you are used to seeing Suge. You know Suge was talented, but you were seeing him five, six years ago when yep. he was just a little fucking string bean. A little string bean. And the reason I say that, I mean, Henry's fucking elite. He's going to be so dangerous. He's a dangerous fucking athlete. But in my opinion, he's been out for so many years, and now he's going to come back and, and fight a kid who's damn near in his fucking prime, who can knock people out with both limbs, who's very long and rangy. And I don't think Henry's fought anyone like Suge. No, but I could say the same thing the other way. I don't think Suge has fought anybody like Henry either. Yes, I mean, true. We all know Henry's accolades, an Olympic gold medalist and two-time champion. But, I mean, even the Marias fight, before Marias, everyone's saying he was chaining and everything else. When Marias was the man when they fought, Henry was an underdog. When he fought TJ, he was an underdog. Demetrius Johnson, he's an underdog. Um, and then, actually, when we started working together... That guy's mindset, he's one of those exceptions, I think. Um, and yes, he has been out. But Zombie was out for three and a half years also mm -hmm. um, when he was when he would uh, to go to the military service. And uh, But Henry is, you know, there's certain athletes that you just go, this guy can do anything he puts mm -hmm. his mind to. You know, when he smells blood, he goes for it. Uh, his cardio, never seen this kid get tired. Um, you know, I, I can't say enough great things about it. It's not only because I work with him. And Suge, I say the same thing about him. I've told Henry, I go, this kid is the most explosive 35er out there. This guy, like exactly like you said, he can knock you out both sides. He knows how to use his range. You know, so many guys are tall, but they don't know how to use their, their reach, their distance. Um, I think Suge's got explosive power, speed. And I, I always tell people at the gym, I go, he's so twitchy fast. And he's better than he was now, <clears throat> than, you know, than when I remember him six, seven years ago. He's grown so much, but um, Suge is scary, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fucking Henry's scary too. But I know the plan probably is going to, you guys are going to come out and try to chop his legs, similar to the Dominic Cruz fight. Chop his legs, take out his body. Easier and said than done. Uh, fuck, I'm excited for it. I, I mean, Henry's got to get through Aljo first. Yeah. And, and Aljo's a fucking dangerous fight for Henry. I, yes. I swear to God he is. I know Henry's going to be the better wrestler, but when you add the cage to it, you add people shooting on you on the cage you had body triangles to it you had real jujitsu to it it changes yep. a little bit because henry's a he's probably the best wrestler in the ufc but you put him against aljo he's got to get through aljo first yeah no aljo is a scary dude that that is <laughs> I, I would say aljo and sugar are, are the biggest guys that, that we fear a little bit or i fear at least because uh 
Aljo's not only big, he's patient, his jits is amazing. He'll catch a kick like he did TJ, jump on your back, and it's a wrap. You know, you can't really make too many mistakes with him. Um, <clears throat> but as far as leg kicks and stuff, everyone, I, I've heard this from years. Oh, just kick Sean's legs, and yeah. Cheeto did it, and so forth. It's not that easy. Like, um, even when he chopped, you know, some of our game plans for when he fought, Henry fought Dominic Cruz, uh, one of our goals was seven leg kicks, seven leg kicks, or anything else. And um, but if you saw, like everyone says that about Dominic, even Cheeto when he fought him, he was saying like, "Man, I was trying to kick his legs. He's fast. He's in and out." It's not a matter of like trying to kick the legs. It's when do you kick it? That's where the game planning comes in as coaches, right? Is yeah. do we wait for him? Do we faint? Do we um, have him come in with the jab, step in with the lead leg? When do we kick? That's kind of the key. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the the game planning. But Henry, I'll tell you this: like if we say. You have to do this. This kid is so disciplined. He never deters. I think uh, Demetrius said it on Rogan's podcast. He goes, that guy's the most disciplined guy I know. And it's not talking about dieting or anything else. He's disciplined when it comes to game planning. When he says he's going to do something, he does it. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy's, uh, we always we always tell, uh, Henry always says too, he goes, I'm selfish to my goals. He goes, that's it. He goes, I'm loyal to my goals. He goes, he can, <laughs> he'll, he'll fire anybody on the spot if you're not an asset or anything else. But uh, he does whatever it takes to win. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I, I'm always impressed and give people credit when uh, they're, they're an Olympian, but this kid won the, the, I think he's the youngest gold medalist in wrestling in the for the U.S., you know? Yep. Um, just a story of everything that he's been through, but the mindset, I'm telling you, like, this kid is something special. It's not just his accolades. When you start training with them, you just go, this kid is different. Yeah. You know, like, we've been around the gym and we see guys like that. This, it's not just special. He's just different, I'm mm -hmm. telling you. Um, but, yeah, he hasn't fought for... Uh, over two years or something like that may 2020 was his last one okay. against uh, dominic yep. yeah that was the first COVID fight um first show back but um he has been training i mean whaley's been in our camp he's been he's been in there figurado's been in our camp he's mm -hmm. been doing that uh john jones he's been doing that they, they've been exchanging notes demetrius has um, been coming in and out They've been training together every day. Zombie, he was sparring with him for, for Volkanovski. So it's not like uh, he hasn't been doing anything for two years. This kid's been active. Mm -hmm. He's been, uh, I think he's been evolving too. Um, he has his own philosophy in fighting now. So he's kind of switched a lot of regimen around. It's Getting not, older. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but with, with all that comes, you know, Wisdom. being smarter, yes. right? Um, we like most camps if you look at it they go okay this morning we're gonna do you know jits you know and the nighttime we're gonna hit pads and we're gonna do this he come he likes to combine everything so everything is an mma practice so we'll go into i don't want to tell our whole schedule yeah, yeah, yeah. But he'll get in we'll, we'll say like play rounds we're going to simulate this then 30 minutes we're going to get straight into wrestling then 30 minutes we'll get into jits or whatever but um, every practice is not going to be broken up like just pad work, just this, just this. Because we're so limited. We have so many things to train in MMA. He puts every practice as MMA. Mm -hmm. And then we, we get detailed to it, you know. Um, sparring, whatever we see, we don't wait till the next day. We let him recuperate for about five, ten minutes, and we go straight into what we saw, and we rep it right, right on the spot. Mm -hmm. um, but he's such a perfectionist. <laughs> he's one of those guys, like I'll give you an example, uh, we're running like check hooks or something like that, or we're running Y patterns, you know, just evading, setting traps. I've showed those moves to a lot of guys, and they couldn't hit it in a fight or sparring. It maybe takes them a year, mm -hmm. right? Uh, 
Henry would do it the next day. And I go, I can't believe you did that. He goes, well, isn't that what you wanted? I go, yeah, but I've never seen results that fast. He's just that fast and just picking things up. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see. I mean, like I said, I think Aljo's just going to be a fucking tough fight for everyone. He walks around 100, 175 pounds. His limbs are super long. Tequino fought him, and Tequino is yep, so that. strong. And Tequino even talked about this, this guy's fucking strong. He's fucking strong. But we did see him sleeping against Marlon Marias, laying there flat sleeping. So that does make me think. Like, I mean, Shook can probably that knock him out. It was a while ago, though, It too. was. Yeah. It definitely was. But it, it shows that he's not invisible. But I hope we get the fight with Henry because I think for both those guys, that's the biggest fight in the Bantamweight division, Henry versus Suge. And it's just like, want to beat him so fucking bad. Yeah. Just to say, hey, you beat Triple C. Sure. You beat Triple C the best combat sports yeah. athlete out there yeah. and i think it's gonna be I, i'm so curious i mean that's gonna be just two fucking elite guys uh going at it and it's gonna be it's gonna be sweet yeah. i mean the build-up to it's gonna be sweet the train camp everything's gonna be fucking sweet bro it is it is um but like you said Al, aljo is first i'm surprised you guys didn't get it after beating peter young you know yeah um but uh Aljo's a nightmare. <clears throat> I know as confident as Henry is, he believes he can beat anybody. His whole goal when he came back in retirement, he wanted to fight um, Volkanovski. But Dana said, no, you got to you know win some fights or whatever it may be. So his goal is to um, beat beat Aljo. Then he said, Shug's next. <laughs> he goes, that's the money fight. That's the guy. That's the challenge that I want to put myself through. And then, uh, and then we'll see from there. If Henry was going to beat Shug, how... Do you see it? I mean, leg kicks, body shots, taking him down. I just, I people think you take Shug down, it's going to be easy to beat on him, and it's not, bro. We've been no. training with Tequino for so many fucking years. He's very dangerous, and he has a lot of tricks when it comes to jujitsu that people don't even know about yet. Yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've been uh, following Shug's career. I think you've done an amazing job with him. Tequino is obviously the best. You know, uh, you train with him. Shug trains with him. His jits has improved. Not only that, his grappling. And then I, I keep telling everybody, Suge's so hard just to take down because when he gets to that cage, his lateral movement and twitches and feints. And like I said, he knows how to use his range. You go orthodox, he'll go southpaw, keep even a bigger distance. And so it's not as easy as people say, oh, you fight Suge, just take him down or kick his legs. It's yeah. not <laughs> that easy. This kid is lightning fast. He's long. Um, but... <clears throat> If he if they were to fight, I would say, definitely say the leg kicks because um, if you look at even the Peter Yan fight, I think he was like twenty seven for twenty seven. I can't remember the exact copy box numbers, but you know the, the leg kicks were landing, you know. But Peter Yan does come forward and just kind of take shots. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, definitely the leg kicks, the timing of it, how we would set it up. It's going to be hard to punch Suge in the head because <laughs> he's so much taller and Henry's so much shorter. But we, we have to use that X-Factors wrestling too, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but it's how to do it, when to do it. Those are the keys. Everyone can say in a, in a broad perspective, yeah, just wrestle and just kick. But how many kicks? How many shots? When do we wrestle? Um, what, 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 what do we see in film that this is kind of the time to blitz or whatever it may be? But game planning is a big, a big part of it. But, you know, the most important part is obviously the execution so it's going to boil down to the athletes has there been a, a fight with henry where it's like okay we have this perfect game plan and he follows it so well but it's like wow this is not what we expected it's not working we got to switch this now in the fight i know um when he fought marias I, I wasn't working with him at that time but our other coach uh, santino defranco 
they did switch it up. Uh, Henry's shoulder was torn. And then I don't know if that story came out, but uh, before the Marais fight, I think it was three days on fight week, the mats were, you know how they taped the mats together? It was actually kind of open. He put he rolled his ankle. It was completely black and blue. Um, I know we have a picture of it. Literally, everyone thought the fight was off. He could not walk. Uh, they brought in a bunch of doctors. They did some laser and stuff like that. He taped the crap out of it, and then he ended up fighting. Anybody else would have said no. Yeah. He literally could not walk. And then you saw the beating he took in that first round with the leg kicks, leg kicks, leg kicks. So they did switch it up. I know uh, if you hear the corner, Tino's like, you got to press forward. You got to go to the body with the knees. You, you got to just go, go, go. So he can adapt on the fly. Um, but like I say, I, I can't express enough when you just see him training, the mindset. Like that guy is like, it's, it's something yeah. scary. I mean, even when he was just so young working with the Brands brothers in Iowa, who were the fucking probably the meanest coaches in the game, they even talk about just how tough he is and how mentally strong he is. So definitely when we prepare for Henry, it's going to be preparing for a guy who's not going to break. We're going to have to put his lights out, put him to sleep before he stops because he's going to keep coming regardless of that. But uh, uh, I want to talk about, too, how important it is in practice all the time to – Find people who can beat you. Yeah. And people, I mean, even new new jujitsu people, new people, they get so pissed off when they lose in practice. But it's almost like you, I've watched so many champions lose in practice and how they handle it. You should almost be happy when someone can beat you in practice. 100%. Be like, now they exposed where I'm weak. They exposed exactly what I need to get, what I need to work on. So it's good to be just like super competitive in practice. But to get your emotions all like get pissed, it's not smart to do that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, if you're constantly winning, how do you know what to work on? You know, uh, you should be thanking the guys that kind of exploit you and say, "Look, I just tagged you, or I took you down off this move, or whatever it may be." Um, but yeah, we're always looking to bring in the top-notch guys, um, especially for like Henry's camp. He'll always fly in two, three sparring partners, specific, detailed guys. Um, so for Aljo, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to bring in great wrestlers. Bigger guys, stronger guys, uh, great jits guys, guy has uh, guys that have good back games and so forth. Um, but yeah, I agree. The importance of that, uh, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, for for probably Henry will probably work a lot with a kid named Bryce Meredith. He was a three time mm -hmm. NCAA finalist, four time state champ. He's a stud, fucking stud, dude. Yeah. So we'll probably work with him a lot for Henry just to feel that wrestler power because sure. you, you feel a wrestler who's been wrestling they, their whole life, their tie ups, their strength is just different. Yeah. They've been fucking controlling people their whole lives, so their strength is just different. So that'll be good. So for you, you've been coach, you coach so many different types of athletes, like guys, like I mean. Just so many guys are so different. So how do you go about just coaching athletes and fighters to their attributes? I mean, that's a tough thing, and I don't think a lot of coaches can do it. I think a lot of coaches just teach people the one way that they learned how and the one way they, that they know how. But every athlete, I mean, some guys are tall and lanky, some guys are short and stocky. So training people to their at attributes, I think, takes a special coach. Yeah. I think a lot of coaches will say, this is the way I like to do it, and this is how we do it, and whatever else. But um, when you have certain athletes, you got to kind of use their attributes, you know? Like some some guys are power guys, some guys are twitchy fast, some guys are wrestlers, some guys are strikers or whatnot. So you got to – I call it like a custom design. you got to be able to design their your, your style with theirs and kind of blend it in. 
Um, <clears throat> but I think there's a universal thing that you do have to have, like basic fundamentals. Uh, you have to increase your fight IQ. Um, I'm a huge uh, advocate for feints. You know, um, the, the feints are everything, I think. When you get into the top five, top ten, we talked. I talked about with uh, Henry, Zombie, all these guys, the feints, and I think GSP talked about it too. Uh, he, he said, uh, I don't know if you heard that article, when he said uh, when he fought BJ Penn too, he said BJ Penn was, uh, was the fastest reaction time guy when it comes to anything, counters. So he goes, I knew if I punch first, I'm going to get countered. So his whole... The, uh, the whole first round, I went back and watched it. Nothing but feints. Feints, feints. He's reacting to everything, reacting to everything. Second round, the reaction times get slower, right? The neurological system kind of breaks down. And then he took advantage of it in the second round. But little things like that, we, I like to dissect. Um, but, uh, yeah, you got to have a fundamental thing. Like, it, as much as so you have your style, I have my style, if you can't throw a basic jab or you understand what jab range, we're also big on, like, uh, what we call distance game or borders game, Henry likes to call it. Uh, Volkanovski's, the Izzy's, uh, City Kickboxing does it really, really well. Um, we're real big on on that distance game. Shug is so good at that too, right? Mm -hmm. And he does the feints again. Um, he freezes guys, he twitches them, he makes them back up, you know, makes them react to stuff. And so um, I think you have to have the fundamentals and then you got to add your twist to it and then kind of adjust and say, well, this combination may work for Henry, but this is not going to work for, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the fight IQ, and that's just, the fight IQ is just going to come from experience in the cage. It just really is. I, I mean, I had a couple amateurs have their debuts this weekend and they're both really good strikers, but trying to knock the people out. They're trying to knock the people out and it takes experience to be able to like, okay, it's the second round. I'm fucking running out of juice. I'm not able to KO this kid, but it takes experience to be able. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take thirty percent off my punches, and I'm just gonna start popping this kid at sixty percent, seventy percent. It takes experience and just cage awareness and just IQ to be in there, and, and, and experience that. But yeah, I, I feel like you've always been good at that. You always you have a good striking system and and Thank working you. with different athletes and watching zombie i mean i sparred with zombie one time i'm like that guy's a fucking stud bro he yeah. cracks hard he's i mean he's black belt level of jujitsu um how's zombie been doing what's it like working with him he's good uh zombie's like my little brother you know um not only we're both korean so we have that culture thing and and uh respect but uh he's another workhorse i mean uh, <clears throat> you talk about like a student of the game he knows he's not the most athletic guy and this and that but uh everything he's worked for he studied like I'll give you an example like during his camps he records every play round every wrestling practice everything and then we we go eat after he's sitting there like a say he does five rounds 25 minutes on, on video he'll stop rewind slowly oh this is how i got taken oh no, i was two inches too close like it'll literally take him an hour and a half two hours and then he'll study again and his wife used to say like i literally have to tell him to put the phone down he won't go to sleep he's literally obsessed with studying studying um everything you know he's literally a student of the game and so yeah i love that guy yeah that's fucking badass he's always just been the best dude to be around but yeah. so when you're looking at an amateur when you're looking up an amateur, like some kid who tells you, hey, I want to be world champ, blah, 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 blah. What, what, what's kind of athletes, I mean, what do you look for in a fighter mainly? Well, skill set-wise, obviously, I think we all agree that if we had to build a fighter like a video game, what would it be? What would it be for me? Yeah. If we're building a character in a video game, and we get to, you have 
boxing, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, judo, whatever it would be. Yeah, I mean, speed, timing, and then just coachability. But it's style-wise. What, what would it be? Like, you're building a, a guy. Like, if, if, I need, if I want their strengths. Like yeah. Strengths. Like, what would, what would your character be? A, a striker? Uh, like, a, as a base? And then you could build everything else around it. I mean, God, it's just so different for everyone. Yeah. Because you start out as a wrestler. I mean, that wrestler, it's probably going to take him a while to figure out his range with punching. I mean, sure. wrestlers, they shoot from tie-ups, and they shoot from in close, and they shoot. The, the range is completely different. And then you, yeah. you get a striker who started out striking. It's like he knows his range. He knows where to fucking punch someone at the end of his jab or at the end of his right, right hand. So I think that one's kind of tough. It is, but then... You know, we can get the best strikers in the world, but if they can't wrestle, fucked. You know what I mean? And, and, and then a, a, all the strikers are kind of playing catch up too. Like wrestling is a feel and everything else. And they're so mentally tough. Like we have so many like D1 guys uh, from ASU and everything else. They're just different. Like mm -hmm. we have BGJ black belts, we have all this and that and, and great strikers. But when you look at the wrestlers in the room, they're just different. They've been cutting weight since they're their kid. You know, they have the discipline not to eat. They have so many attributes you know strength wise and everything else but um for me at least if if i'm looking to build somebody say what's your background did you wrestle in high school some of the first things i ask and then listen to the answers and then listen uh <clears throat> going off of what they kind of say but it, obviously it's the mindset and it's a discipline i mean some guys are motivated and, and you probably get you know 10 a day coming in here i'm the next world champ i, I want to yeah. do this i want to be a next sug and so forth but um Action speak loud in the words. Can they take a beating? First day of sparring. Do they come back the next day? Just little things like that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but those are the things we kind of look for is consistency, why they want to do it, um, what their experience is, and then do they have what it takes? Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, exactly. Why they want to do it. Like, are you passionate about mixed martial arts? Because yep. if you want to be successful in this, you're going to have to fucking commit your life to it. Because there's yep. so many arts that you have to get good and proficient at. And then, uh, yeah, exactly, dude. I see so many goddamn good athletes come in here, but they're just every little life problem that pops up keeps them out of practice. Every yep. little thing that pops up keeps them out of practice. It's like, well, you're, you're not going to go that far then. So I think that's it. Just being passionate about it, showing up, and then and then being coachable for sure. But of of course, you you get a wrestler who's wrestled his whole life. You come in here, he's got he's going to adapt to jujitsu pretty easy. Yeah, he's going to adapt to jujitsu sure. pretty easy. He's going to have the mindset to be able to adapt to striking, uh, for sure. I mean, I I always tell people too that are just they don't have much of a grappling background, and they're teenagers. It's like you have to start grappling, yeah, because the grappling takes fucking years and years and years to develop. Yeah, and I don't know what it is after we've been in the sport a long time. <clears throat> You've seen great strikers, and the first thing what should I be working on is say you should wrestle one to two times a day, maybe wrestle an hour a day. And it doesn't always have to be hard. It can be flow, whatever it may be. And then you should be running jits and everything else every day. And you're still playing catch up at five, six days a week for a couple of years. They just don't do it, right? Mm -hmm. How many times have you seen great strikers? If you just had wrestling, you'd be a freaking world champion or top five in the world. And then you have the other, the, the other, other side of the coin. We see great BGG world champions. We see D1 national champion wrestlers. You need to work striking every day, and they don't do it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I think that, that goes back to the discipline. 
are you willing to do whatever it takes? Well, yeah. we just told you what you got to do, but you don't want to do it, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, at least becoming like proficient at your weaknesses. And then you can still focus on what your strengths are and keep improving your strengths and get better with at, at your strengths. But in MMA, if you're lacking in one area, your plan is to be elite and get in the UFC and you're lacking in one area, you're going to get exposed. Like you're going to going to get exposed quick. Yeah, the minute you lose a fight, there's the blueprint, right? It's like, oh, my God, so-and-so just took him down or so-and-so calf kicked him. There's his weakness, his stance, or, oh, this guy has – he can't handle pressure. Well, there's our game plan. Uh, everyone sees it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, and the more you fight, the more holes you, there everyone sees and exposes. So if you're not evolving every fight, then, uh, yeah, you're going to get exposed. Yeah, fuck yeah. So they're talking about uh, Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz said he's coming back. And he's looking to make a run. And I'm like, oh, fuck. That's why I tweeted. I'm like, put that motherfucker on the Liver King diet, and then I'd be pumped to watch it. Yeah. Nick Diaz promises whole new me in 2023 comeback targets Israel Adesanya matchup. And I mean, yeah, it's like, fuck, Nick. Yeah. It, it sucks with those guys because they just, I feel like with a lot of those guys, they just define themselves as I'm a fighter. They define yeah. themselves as I'm a fighter. And it's hard to let go of that and be like, it's okay. I'm not that. I'm not a fighter anymore. It doesn't define me. Yeah, Nick's Nick's been a legend. We I think there's I haven't met anybody that doesn't love the Diaz brothers. I mean, it sucks to say is he fighting for money, you know? Yeah. Because back in the days he wasn't making the money that that Nate was right. Mm -hmm. So, is he doing it for money or does he actually have some goals? Um, are they realistic goals? You know, who are we to say? But uh, yeah, we just hate to see legends go back in there and, and get beat up yeah. or something like that. You would hate. Dude, you see that fight with him and Robbie though? It was so I sick. Did. The the output he came out with and looking like just vintage Nick, just yeah. boxing his fucking ears yeah. off. He looked good, but then just puckered out. Yeah, uh, and that's the prime example. The old Nick Diaz, I don't, I don't think he would have quit no. for broken nose or anything, right? Yeah, for sure. You would have to put a bullet through his head to stop him. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I hate seeing uh, legends kind of mm -hmm. still fighting. So. Uh, how about you? I, I mean, what kind of like drugs do you like? I like my marijuana. I like my caffeine. <laughs> I like my shit. My caffeine gets me going in the morning, keeps me fresh. My marijuana after a good day, and, and I mean, helps me be creative, helps me have good ideas, and then certain strains help shut my mind off. Uh, what about you? What kind of drugs are you dealing with? Cigarettes is my is my thing. That I'm actually trying to quit in January. You could light one up right now if you wanted. No. Siggies. <laughs> <laughs> So what is it about the ciggies? Is it is it the tobacco? Is it something like, is it just like, a, what kind of craving is it? I think I've just been smoking for a long time, to be honest with you. And um, when did you start? Too young. I would say in my teens. It, I think it's like everyone else. We, you start drinking and then you start having a cigarette and you start bumming one off and then eventually you start buying your packs. Um, and nicotine is real, you know. Oh, it's um, the, so it's addiction to nicotine because I've been fucked up a couple times. Give me that cigarette, and I've just smoked yeah. that whole thing at once. But never really, never really done it sober because I'm like, God, it's just pointless to do that because I know I maybe like it, right? And it's gonna, I'm pretty much willingly deteriorating my body. Yeah. Um, again, I've been smoking for too long, so my goal is to actually try to quit. Uh, come January, like some patches, you can try some patches. Yeah, I'll try some gum, uh, maybe vape, you know. But uh, is vaping even better? Much better? Or is that's it the thing, you know. Like uh, I know a lot of people have gotten off it because of vape, but it, is it actually better? Is it worse for you? I think it's so relatively new. Who knows? The, you know uh, what's going to happen in ten, fifteen years? Reports that come out, but 
whatever do, I do, I want it to be temporary and I just want to be done with it. Yeah. You do caffeine? I do. I drink a, a glass of coffee a day. You know, I, I like energy drinks too. Get charged up. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But I don't know how much caffeine, I don't know what it does. I love the taste of coffee and I love the taste of uh, energy drinks. So I don't know if it kind of wires me or whatever it may be, but you know. Yeah, I fucking, I mean, I love caffeine. I, I like I it. I too. Especially, I mean, I don't really fuck with the energy drinks too much, but a Celsius, you get a Celsius before training, before one of your workouts, and like maybe you might get a little bit of toxicity from it, but is it worth it for having a fucking good workout? Right. And having your mind strong that whole workout and pushing those extra rounds that you didn't want to push just because you got that caffeine? I, I think so. But my marijuana, I fucking like my weed a lot. Um, I, tr I try not to smoke all day. And then when I do have my weed, I feel like I have lots of different ideas I'm writing down. Um, I'm I'm able to just shut my mind off and enjoy Mariah, enjoy my dogs, enjoy my night, enjoy all the small things in my life. You do the marijuana much? uh at the end of the night once in a while i will i love watching movies on it when i was a lot younger i used to love it i used mm -hmm. to think uh weed cures all and you know things like that but uh as you get older i think it just hits you a little harder and i can't function throughout the day so um but it, it's a great recovery thing I, th I think it's great for the body i'd rather uh you know take an edible than uh take tylenol or something like that you know at the end of the night so yeah a good fucking edible yeah. I, don't, I don't mind the good edible at all. So uh, what's your kind of schedule like today? Today you're going to go, who are you working with today? Today we have uh, Kelvin Gasolum. He's going to be sparring Fuck later yeah. on today. So he's fighting January 14th against uh, Imanov, which is a really tough fight. That kid is super athletic. I don't know if you saw his last fight against uh, Buckley in England. He tuned him up. Um, yeah, he did. It, um, yeah, he won rounds one and two. I thought Buckley might have won three. Um, his gas tank look like little, looks a little suspect. He kind of always gases around the twelfth minute or so. This will be a, uh, his first main event, which is going to be five rounds. So I think it definitely fa favors Kelvin. Um, but uh, Kelvin's another stud. That Dude, kid, that he just knows how to stud. fight. You know, yeah. like he fought Jared, yeah. the man right there. Um, <clears throat> but uh, when when you watch Kelvin spar, you know when you see guys are real jittery, the nerves. Kelvin looks like he's just doing. <laughs> Like he's just walking, you mm -hmm. know, like it's no big deal. I literally have to tell him to go get his mouthpiece. I'm like, wait a minute, stop. You don't have a mouthpiece. He's like, I never wear my mouthpiece. So I go, well, you're wearing it now. Um, like that kid, that kid, is, dude, because it's not like he's, it's not like he's super, I mean, he's definitely gifted because just mentally he's gifted. He can take a fucking punch, but like athletically, he's a short Mexican. He's yeah. fighting at middleweight. He's southpaw. He can wrestle pretty good, but he's a fucking animal, dude. Yeah. Height wise and everything else you go, this kid should be at 70 again, you know, but uh, when he was doing so well at 85 and besides Pajeda, I think he was the guy that, the only guy that really almost beat, you know, Izzy, yeah. right? Um but I told him, I go, don't, you, you want to be remembered for almost doing something. You have a chance to actually make a run here. And so, uh, what does he walk around at 200, 210, to? I want to say we weighed him at 202 right now. Um, and we have about five weeks to go. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So 186, not too big of a, too big of a jump. But he's thick, pounds. man. He, he has no neck, literally. He is strong. He's thick. He, he can wrestle and he's got pop in that left hand. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited for him. The Pajera, I mean, being champion, it, it just opens up. It opens up the division so much. All yeah. these guys are licking their chops. I bet, like, yeah. especially the fucking good wrestlers and the good grapplers. Yeah. So I'm curious to what happens there. Uh, this weekend we got Jared Cannonier versus Sean Strickland. What do you think is going to go down in that five rounder? 
I love Jared. You know, <laughs> Jared's the man. Uh, we worked together quite a uh, in what I don't know how many fights together, but um, Jared's just so good. He's so strong for that weight class. He's got a high fight IQ. As I remember, I'm sure he's the same. That guy's work ethic is second to none. His mindset, you know, we talked about. Similar to like Henry Corrales, I feel like. Yeah. Just, once they get in there, it's just like yeah. fucking Jared's going to do his thing. He's got great kicks. He, he's got power in his hands. And his wrestling's improved a lot too, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like he's, he's not a guy you can just go hold on the cage or wrestle. Like Jer Jared's an all-around MMA fighter, you know. He's an elite guy, so. I got Jared winning that fight. He really is elite. And Sean Strickland, I mean, Sean Strickland's a bad motherfucker too. I think he's able to get a lot of, in a lot of people's heads and kind of intimidate him a little bit. He's not going to be able to intimidate Jared. No. Uh, Sean, Sean's, I don't know if everything he does as an actor or whatnot, but uh, he's definitely entertaining. He's a crazy motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of our guys trained out there, he said he was cool as hell. Um, I know he's a Cali guy too. I know some of the guys from California know him as well. But um yeah, he, he's dangerous as well, you know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised after the last fight if he's going to try to wrestle him a little bit, maybe strike him, you know, in the first couple minutes, and then w when they get that exchange, you know, probably try to wrestle him. But Jared's a tough kid to take down, man. I mean, look at his fight against Brunson, who's probably a better yep. wrestler in Strickland, probably better at jiu-jitsu. Jared gets taken down in the middle of the cage, I don't right into side control, and Jared just does everything right and ends up working to his feet. Yeah. Uh, I'm fucking pumped for that fight. I'm pumped for that fight this weekend. Same. And then we got uh, who else? Um, any? This is an interesting fight here. Alex Caceres versus Julian Arosa. Alex, our boy. Yeah, it's an interesting fight. Julian's my buddy too, and sim similar styles, both hands down. I mean, and you'd say Alex is more of a vet, but Julian's a vet too, dude. He's got thirty-eight pro fights. He's been in there yeah. for a while. Caceres, nineteen and thirteen. It's probably going to be a pretty fucking banger fight. Yeah, every uh, I don't know Julian uh, personally, but everyone that does know him, they have nothing but great things to say about him. Um, he is a workhorse. He's got a great ground game too. I think he's a BJJ black belt. Mm -hmm. um, he's had fight of the nights and so forth. Um, and as we know, when we used to uh, train with Alex, he's so elusive. Like everyone thinks, oh, Alex is so easy. You can take him down or he has no pop. That kid is good. He's got tricks everywhere. He can fight. Yeah. He, he's been fighting since 18, bare knuckle backyards. Like, mm -hmm. this kid can fight. Mm -hmm. He's super athletic. Um, I think his jits has even come a long way, too. He, he, he uh, when he um, came from behind and beat the Korean kid, uh, Sting, Sung Ho Choi. Yep. Yeah, that was a great fight. Um, but yeah, just every time if you try to uh, you pick against Alex and he'll win. So. Yeah, and Alex is a fucking different bird, dude. He is. is a different kid. He He's fucking. I mean, most fighters, most fighters that have been fighting that long, they got some screws loose. They're 100%. they're crazy, but that partly what makes them good. So, Who's uh, favorite in that fight? I don't even know. I can't even see that? the favorite here. I, yeah, I'm curious That's on that too. Then we got Drew Dober and Bobby Green. Oh man, Bobby, I love Bobby. You've been working with Bobby for a while. Uh, back in the days in Cali, yeah. Bobby is one of the realest guys you will ever meet. He is, he's a hundred percent genuine, um, just raw talent, like reaction time. Anything he does, like, even when, he's not a guy where you can just hit mitts and go, okay, like this, he looks great. But you put him in the cage, in the ring, and sparring, like, that guy will talk trash to you. And most time when people are angry, they can't fight, they can't focus. Bobby it almost gets him looser mm -hmm. when he talks trash. Like every single guy he'd be sparring, like, what's up, bitch? Come on, come on. Yeah. Everybody's like, whoa, what the hell? 
Uh, I love Bobby. Uh, I thought he got popped for the for the stuff, so they must have dropped that. He didn't get a two year suspension or something. I I read something about it. I don't know what it was for. He said it was a whole food supplement that it, it popped up some shit. Okay. So it must have been such a small amount that it got taken away. So yeah, I don't think Bobby is on PEDs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Drew Dober though, dude, that's gonna tough be a tough kid. fight. Super tough kid. So it's so it's weird. Like he, him and Kelvin, they they're, they're southpaws and they just. They just make it, they make, it seems so hard to hit them because they're constantly floating to the right. They're constantly floating to the right. They got these, like these, this the super sideways stance and these big heads, big, big necks. I don't know. Both yeah, but guys. the thing with Bobby, he's kind of like Suge. He can switch stance too. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to fight orthodox. He can switch to southpaw. Um, yeah, that's going to be a tough fight for uh, Drew. Yeah, that'll be a fun one to watch there. And then we got Julian Marquez versus Duran Wynn. Uh it's always inter- entertaining watching Duran fight. He's what five five, <laughs> five five middleweight, but can wrestle like a fucking motherfucker. And then he's going against Julian Marquez. Um, that should be an interesting fight there. I don't know who's going to win that. And then we got this Saeed kid, Saeed Nurmagomedov. He's going to be a dangerous kid. He's going to be in the top five soon. He's going to be a problem for a lot of fucking people. Yeah, because he's super flashy. He's pretty pretty accurate. He's not quite as accurate as Shook, but he's super flashy. He's long like Shook, and he can grapple. He can really fucking grapple. So that kid's going to be... Yeah, that kid's legit. Kid's going to be an issue. Damn, a bunch of fights got canceled this week. Uh, sweet watching JP win. Yeah, he did great. Um, he beat the fuck out of him. Holy Elkins shit. Elkins is tough, man. <clears throat> the whole camp, we were telling him, um, don't try to finish him and gas yourself out like everybody else. If you're going to unload, do it in the third. And I remember he told me uh, in this after the fight, in the second round, he goes, I hit him as hard as I could with the elbow on the ground. Blood was gushing. He said he almost threw up. I, I think he did throw up a little bit in the second because he, he tasted his blood. Ooh. And he just like threw up in his mouth, swallowed it. Uh, after the fight, he was throwing up too because he's tasting his blood and stuff. But uh, he goes... I hit him with everything I could. I go, so did every other guy, and yeah. then ended up losing because Darren is—he's he, a veteran. He's a stud, you know. Um, hats off to him. But uh, JP did amazing. Followed the game plan. Um, you know, we really worked a lot of those chokes that they're great at, and takedown defense, um, and up the middle. Like if he saw Elkins's guard, he just kind of, kind of like a Peter Yan thing. So if he saw us running those teeps up the middle a lot mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I mean, everyone says with that Elkins guy, he just does not get tired and it's happened so many yeah. times i mean there's been a handful of fighters in the ufc in the past that just beat people from taking beatings yeah. people fucking gas out from beating on him but jp looked in phenomenal shape dude he was putting more, yeah. way more output than darren till and just every single position was beating the fuck out of darren well you know like uh jp as you know his cardio is unreal either right and then you can hear uh elkins breathing heavy on the ground like super heavy and uh, so I was like, oh, maybe th- this might be the fight where he kind of ga- uh, gasses out a little bit. But he just kept on coming and coming. And JP, you know, he was so impressed, too. He's like, I can't believe that kid's cardio. He goes, I take pride in cardio. And he's like, I feel the wall. And I just push through it, push through it. But he's like, yeah, that kid's something else. Yeah, it's cool seeing JP come up, too, just because he, he came in. He wasn't in the UFC. He, he moved away from his hometown, so- sold his mower business. And yep. I remember him getting beat up so bad in sparring one day. And he's crying in the locker room saying, I don't even know if I should do this anymore. And he thought about moving back. But was yep. like, just fucking stick with the, stick with the the system. And he did. And now he's in the UFC, thriving. He's a fucking great kid, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Remember when uh, no one thought he would mount to anything? You know, he went to the Contender Series, 
he fought uh, Jacob Rosales, tough, tough kid in California, and everyone was kind of counting him out. He won that. Then he lost his debut to, um, what's the veteran's name? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Lozon. Lozon, yeah. And then uh, and then he started 0-1, and then he's won five straight. You know? Fuck, yeah. But he's a guy, again, perfect example. Every day, day in, day out, even after his last fight, you know, he's banged up, shows up on Monday, watches practice, tries to learn something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just trusting the process, and you, and you see the growth of, uh, you know, Jonathan Pierce, JSP. That's fucking badass. So what's your kind of thoughts on Patty the Batty? Like, what... Like, how do you think he's going to amount to be? I mean, he's already a superstar. And I think people are going to watch him regardless of what happens. But I think the UFC and the lightweight division, they're going to have to really be smart with the fights they give that kid at yeah. this point. I think the the lightweight division, we've talked about this with a bunch of guys. It's one of the most stacked. If you look at it from 1 to 15, yeah. they all have 20-plus wins. They're all sick wrestlers. Like, look at Fazeev, just amazing strikers, yeah. scary dudes. Um, but I think Patty is super talented. You know, the dude's got a chin. We <laughs> seen that in his last fight. He's got a great ground game. He, he he has it all. He has a star power. My only concern with him is is when you get up to two hundred twenty pounds or two hundred ten pounds in the off season, you're not training. And we all know that's when you get better is in the off time, right? Yep. Are you developing another skill set? How are you improving? Um, what 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 are you getting better at? And, even if you were to train once a day, eat what you want, there's no way you're getting over 200-something pounds. Yeah. That's my only kind of knock on it. And how many say. athletes have you seen? Because I've seen a handful of them that, like, when they, they're in the pocket, their chin fucking gets up. Or when they're backing up, they get higher than they were before, and their chin starts to come up. And I've seen people, like, you just harp on it, harp on it, harp on it, drill it, drill it, drill it. And then they spar it, and they still do it, and they still do it, and they still do it. It's just fucking hard to fix. And I think it with is. people in that lightweight division— I mean, Gaethje, Poirier, Benil, Chandler, Fazeev, Dosanjos. Gamrod. Gamrod. The Tersukian, Tersukian guy, yeah, Armin. He's um, nasty. I mean, Hanato Mokano. That dude is fucking gnarly as fuck. Yeah. Um, all these guys. It's like you cannot do that versus these guys or yeah. you'll be sleeping. Yeah. <clears throat> that head movement thing, I mean, you know, we, we know a couple guys that, that – pop their chin up and stuff but if you look at patty you're right his head wasn't moving when he was throwing combinations but if you can't keep your chin down how about we roll off the right hand or like we we like to do what we call like a, a tiktok drills every time we throw a right hand our ears lined our right ears lined up his right ear throw a left hand or left hand or left ears lined up you know so we're always on defense while we're on offense kind of thing um and then there, like Jared, he he wasn't kicking to the body or head kicks. It was all leg kicks. So you, you shouldn't have to worry too much about rolling out. Mm-hmm. I finish with the right hand. I should be able to roll out and not being worried about a left kick, you know. And so him just adding, just bait, again, we go back to fundamentals. How about we add the rolls, you know? Mm-hmm. How about we add the ear to ear kind of drills? And I wonder if he's the type of athlete to be like, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do this i'm gonna go i'm gonna go do this i'm gonna drill and sparring i'm gonna drill and sparring and in the fight i'm gonna actually do it or is it gonna be one of those kids where it's like i'm always gonna fight this way and if my skill set can beat theirs great because for him i don't know he's gonna have to evolve if he's gonna be the star that everyone's hoping he does but again he's game and he's confident as fuck and and you know how far confidence can get you i mean it's the number one thing in fighting i feel like it's just being confident and he's a confident kid yeah, confidence goes a long ways, but at the same time, you don't want that false confidence either, you know? Um, 
wait till you get to the top 20, top 15, like we just talked about. Um, does that confidence tend to hinder when you take a loss? You know, and deep inside, does he really think that he won all of those rounds against Jared and, and things like that? Um, we'll, we'll see, you know, but he is 100% confident. The dude has star power. I mean, the dude's a star, but you got to keep winning in the sport to be one, you know? Like, yeah. he, even Shug, like, that dude was a star overnight from Contender Series. You know, mm -hmm. I, remember, I remember we were talking about that with him and stuff like that, but he's evolved. Like, Shug has evolved. That dude has been grinding, grinding, grinding. He's evolved. And so um, I think it's a little different. You don't see Shug getting up to 190. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. Uh, I, I think that weight factor is, is a difference. It just shows what, what we talked about is discipline, right? And then what's your end goal? Is it really to be a world champion? Is it to be famous and make money? Yeah, I think the blown up like that and then having to crash diet and lose 40 pounds in the span of 10 weeks, I think that's going to age you quicker than you think. Yeah, not only that, it can't be good for your, your liver, your, your heart. And we've been there before. How many times have you had a fighter come in 40 pounds overweight? Now this camp is more of a weight cut camp as opposed to actually we're really getting it in. Because you're 40 pounds over. The first few weeks, the cardio ain't going to be there. The strength ain't going to be there. It's like... What are we doing? You know, yep. you got to come in at a certain weight in order to really start going to maximize your eight week camps. And hopefully he has people smart enough that he respects around him that are telling him that. But also I heard, I heard the corners in his, his corners and his coaches saying, Patty, chin down your hands up, chin down, hands up. So they clearly know it's, it's an issue. But like yep. I said, some people it's just hard to fix. So how coachable is he? Sure. Especially now that you're, you're feeling like the man it's, it's hard to say. Yeah, and if you're not repping it, like we talked about, out of camp, it's a lot harder to fix as well if you're only doing it for eight weeks at a time, two, three times a year. Yeah. You know? So uh, lawmakers, lawmakers said that lawmakers unveil a bipartisan bill that aims to ban TikTok in the U.S. Uh, man, I feel like. That might be a smart idea, dude. That's crazy. Uh, Imagine all these little young bucks. I mean, yeah. they say in China and these other places on TikTok, it's all learning TikToks. It's all TikToks that are going to kind of make you smarter. But the TikToks here are just like kids, four years old, five years old, just like yeah. just seriously getting fucking brainwashed. Yeah, I'm older. I don't have TikTok. I don't have... I have Instagram, which I'm not on too much, you know? Uh -huh. So, but I, I do remember back when Trump tried to ban it, right? Because it's a Chinese company and they're gathering intel and, and so forth. So I don't know too much about it. Um, but I do know, I, I've heard some uh, articles and part, uh, read some articles and podcasts about even TikTok, Instagram, any social media, the people that created all that stuff, they won't even let their kids go on it or no more than 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. They know how bad it is. They know how addicting it is and things like that. You know, like how many times have you scrolled through all your stuff and you're still going back in there? It's just a habit, you know. And for mean? us adults, like. Yeah. Um, imagine if we were 16, 15, 13-year-old kids. Or like, five, six years old. Yeah. Five, six years old. Getting on that early. <laughs> yeah, kids are five, six years That's old crazy. just glued to that TikTok. But I think it's, I, I mean, I've seen in my, in the kids' jujitsu program we have, a bunch of, I have some good coaches for the kids' jujitsu program. And and. I think this four-year-old kid probably six, seven months ago came in and he's like shaking from anxiety. He can't even like step on the mats and he can't even talk to the kids and he barely responds to the instructors. And uh, 
And then he starts jujitsu, and Mariah starts working with him, and he starts jujitsu, and now he's competed, and he's won matches in his competition. Now he rolls in here super confident. He like conquered that anxiety. Um, when uh, if you have a kid like that, and the parent brings him home every day after school, flops him in front of TikTok, flops him in front of his video games, eating shitty food, and now that kid just has just shitty yeah. fucking like brain habits to, to last him the rest of his life yeah. i'm like how much for that four five six year old kid is he gonna learn and he is he gonna get stronger and it's gonna affect his whole life when he's 18 when he's 20 when he's 20 to 30 and he's gotten these habits and this confidence he's gotten from jujitsu and he doesn't even barely remember it yeah I'm like i think it's so important to put your kid into something like that that's gonna challenge him and and make him interact with the other kids and push them and realize it's okay to lose and, and, and put them in uncomfortable situations like jujitsu and wrestling. I think it can really fucking change some kids' life, dude. Agreed. I think uh, martial arts is so important when it comes to discipline, learning to fail, telling it's okay, get back up, um, setting goals. You know, that if you look at any black belt in any art, it's just putting in the time. They're not, you know, you don't have to be talented to be to be a black belt. It's just take commitment and time, mm -hmm. right? Um, I remember I had a kid uh, when I went to gym in California. He had such bad anxiety. Uh, he'd corner his brother was a fighter, and then he, he would corner with us, and he literally almost pass out walking out. Uh, then he started taking classes. Then he was okay. And I go, hey, uh, Johnny, I'm, I'm going to have you uh, warm up the class. And he'd go to the restroom, just literally panic mode. He wouldn't mm. come out. Um, <clears throat> but after, I don't know how long it took, six months or a year, Johnny, I'm going to have you go warm up the class again, again, again. And eventually, he, this kid's teaching classes. Now he's you know training amateur fighters and so forth. But if we didn't let, you know, he, he wouldn't do it the first time. He wouldn't come out of the bathroom and so forth. But eventually, kept on asking, didn't push, just waited a week and then asked him again, asked him, man, you can do it, you can do it. You walked out in all these big fights and so forth. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and he overcame those fears. God, that makes you feel you good, doesn't it? You know what I mean? And, and, yeah, 100%. And, and that's a credit to martial arts, not credit to me or anything, you know? It's, yeah. It's just a little bit of encouragement and then, uh, you know, a little push, push, push. But. I mean, that's what makes it fun coming in the gym and just seeing people that come in and they're nerdy and they're they're not very social or they're not very confident and just watching their confidence build over the years and build and then start to get to a confident place. Probably a little less less so for you now because you're just working right now pretty much with guys in the UFC. How do they run it over there at Fight Ready? Do you run any of the practices? I do. Um <coughs> When there's bigger fights, it's kind of harder to do team practice and stuff like that because we're so committed to, uh, uh, you know, the camps and so forth. But uh, I love running practices, honestly. I almost love it equally or if not more than just doing one-on-one -on -one with, like, the high-level, big-name guys. Mm -hmm. It's so fun to see, like, you see that light bulb click once in a while and, oh, my gosh, this makes sense or things like that. Um, the energy level is so much different, teaching 25 guys as opposed to one. Mm -hmm. And so forth yeah it's obviously more fun working with the, the high level athletes but yeah it's something about I, I like the team atmosphere yeah yeah me too because just over at fight ready is there a team practice every day uh yeah five days a week team practice every day and then kind of who's coaching those is it angel or is it centino or yeah we have angel cejudo for the wrestling uh we have centino to franco he he's the jack of all traits he does a little bit of everything and then uh i do the striking alan Vyers, he does the boxing but he's been out i don't know if you heard you know his mm -hmm. wife's been sick and stuff like that so um that's yeah, been mostly three of us right now so have you got to get any work with uh demetrius johnson I 
Um, yes and no. He asked a few questions here and there, but uh, didn't get pad work with him. And you know, just... how, how about when John Jones came in? I work with John a lot. Yeah, and Abbott, he's a fucking freak or what? He is. He's big, strong. Shoulders hurt, legs hurt when he kicks. Dude, if I, I, I literally, if I did, if I had someone, I couldn't hold pads for him. My you shit's. Could. I don't you know, could. bro. I've torn both You're my biceps. Enough, yeah. I know, dude. I don't know what the fuck it is, but God, I, I feel bad for Eric Nixick, who's got to hold pads for Francis. Nicole. Oh, I can only like, imagine, right? Fuck that, dude. Um, but you know, uh, Demetrius, this is how, and John is the same thing. These guys are so humble, like. Uh, Demetrius asking if he can take classes or asking, like, you know, just bowing. Like, he's a real martial artist, you know? And w when guys like them, they come in, I'm trying to pick their brain. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, yeah. what, what do you do with this? What do you do this? And then they're like, hey, I'm here to learn. Tell mm -hmm. You tell me. Like, mm -hmm. just so humble. Like, Yeah, it's, it's fucking unreal. badass. I, I mean, I can't wait for John Jones to come back. I hope it's, I, I kind of hope it's not Curtis Blades. I mean, Curtis Blades is going to be just this guy who cuts 265. Right. He's going to come out and double egg him. I mean, it'll still be sweet, but John Jones versus Stipe or John Jones versus Francis. Yeah, we want a big fight for him. Come on, it's yeah. got to happen. One of those I want to see the Nagano fight. <laughs> yeah. And how good is, like, you put on 30, 40 pounds of muscle. How long does it take for that muscle to get in shape? And especially in shape for 25 minutes. I'll tell you this. Um, when we hit pads, mitts, and, you know, shields or whatever, usually most guys will do about 30, 45 minutes, right? We gone over an hour plus, and he's like, oh, let's go a little more. I'm like, bro, it's been an hour 20. <laughs> like, Just a freak like that. Too. Yeah. Damn. Th so I don't think conditioning or cardio will be a factor for him. To me, I think John Jones is the, the best of all times. I think Khabib is great. He's undefeated. But if you go off title defenses and who he's fought and yeah, everything else, not dude, he's the GOAT. He, he, when we say GOAT, like every GOAT, 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 he's the real GOAT. He's yeah. the GOAT of all GOATs. I 100% agree. I mean, you look at his fucking resume. It's like you can't It's not even, even close. Not even fucking not even close, close, dude. Yeah. So, I mean... Hopefully he comes back in July. Hopefully it's a mega card in July. Hopefully we got Suge versus Henry in July. We got Connor versus whoever, and then we got John Jones versus whoever. How sick would that be? <laughs> That'll be fucking sweet. How cool would that be? So is Henry looking to get two, three fights, or is he looking to stay in for a bit? He's looking to stay in for a bit. Everyone thinks he's going to be one and out and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> I know people are saying that he's fighting because of money, but I can tell you he's he's been really smart with this money uh he's invested in property real estate he's got residual income he's got good sponsors um he does well has it changed for him the family life having a, a wife and a kid now has it made it maybe maybe focus a little more because i mean being single and having all those accolades and having scottsdale right there sure. and all these sexy chicks right here i'm sure it'd be fucking hard to focus but uh have you seen I've any change in it I think, uh, no, I think he's more driven than anything. I think, you know, you, you hear most fighters when, when they have kids and now they know what they're fighting for and they have a little bit of a drive and so forth. But uh, Henry's Henry. When it comes to winning, that dude is selfish, man. Mm -hmm. When he gets into fight camp, I think the fight is first and everything else comes second. I, I That's think, Henry. I think with most elite guys, it's the same with Shug. It's like yep. you got to be just so fucking crazy selfish. And I think that's that's the way it is yeah but uh sweet bro well i'll let you get out of here thanks so much thank for you. coming in fucking badass thank and you then we're, what you got anything uh do you got anything to 
promote you got your um eddiechaw.com striking system yeah we have that um well the company i have we're here core limited these guys are dope they're more of a korean brand k-o-r-e limited um i love their gear that's like my favorite clothing brand right now fuck so, yeah shout Sweet, out to bro. those guys and then uh the optimal carnivore we'll have the amazon link in the bio and then code redhawk 10 if you guys want to support the pod give these give these uh supplements out i mean a try they're fucking quality top to bottom and i really feel like you might be able to feel a difference so all right thanks eddie thank uh, you see you guys next week love you bye-bye <laughs>